Chi Chat by Chi Chart. Chi Chat by Chi Chart, joined by Amy Morris today. She is a specialist teacher in OG or Orton Gillingham, which is a multi sensory approach which uses visual, kinesthetic, auditory, and tactile techniques to assist students in learning and concepts and skills behind reading and writing. It's prescriptive, multidisciplinary and individualised to each learner's needs and we're really grateful to have her joining us today on the program. Hey Amy. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. It's nice to be here. We're in the energy space and obviously times are changing and everyone's needs are different and we're learning more about that daily, especially regarding children's needs and maybe what some might see as an outdated schooling system that doesn't meet children's needs properly. What are your grand thoughts on where the state of schooling lies at the moment and where we're missing out? Well, I think that our schooling, in my experience, is that it is very suited to a certain type of learner, and that's okay for the students who actually learn that way. However, everyone is different, and they're different in the ways that they learn, they're different in their interests, and one schooling system is not going to catch everybody. So... Yeah, in order to reach some of these kids that are so different, you kind of need to be able to mould the way that you are presenting the work, as well as the skills and the, the interest levels and all those types of parts that go with the education system. It needs to change as well if you want the kids to be interested. So, Amy, can I ask you, what drew you to actually start teaching uh, in this very highly individualised way? I'm a trained teacher and I started off teaching up north and from the very get-go I I had a whole classroom and and you're never going to, I want to say from the outset, no teacher is ever going to be able to reach every kid in those classrooms because it's one person to all kids. So that is very tricky in and of itself and I think that teachers do do an amazing job. I think for me personally though my heart kept being drawn towards that one or two or however many, that I just couldn't reach with my whole class activities and I would lose a lot of sleep and trying to figure out the pieces of the puzzle and why they weren't picking it up. One little girl in particular, English was her third language. Obviously, there's the language barrier, but then I think she also had a bit of dyslexia in there. She could write mirror image from the board. It was it was brilliant. I loved it. Obviously, she couldn't keep going like that though. I ended up getting her to do painting. She was so creative, so creative that some of the ways into her little brain space was through painting and crayons and colour. So that's where it originated was probably from those beginnings and I just found that in every classroom that I went to I would always manage to find the two or three that I would then just struggle to get off my mind Oh, that's so wonderful to hear that you weren't actually trying to force them into this mould of actually conforming. They can't be forced into a mould because we are all different. (laughs) And then you lose them because when they feel that they're not meeting those standards and they're not actually achieving those objectives, then their self-esteem is affected. And when their self-esteem is affected, it can manifest in lots of different ways. And and once once you've lost a kid's self-esteem, like these days, when once a kid normally gets to me now, 
I've actually got to do a whole lot of unpacking of the anxiety, the trust, mm-hmm. the self-esteem before I can even start my stuff with them. Because it's not necessarily that there's been any immediate person that has said anything obvious to these kids. There hasn't been any one particular message that has been pointedly said at them. It's just that they are surrounded every day in the energy and the environment of the schooling system and they can see it. They can see that they don't get it. They can see that they don't learn the same. And by the time, unfortunately, the kids are picking up on it, usually around year three when you have to start reading to then learn Mm -hmm. as opposed to learning to read, they are then already making the behavioural issues. I was just about to say the behavioural the behavioral issues, issues would become apparent. Or you've got the kids in the class who will do every jobs for the teachers to do everything to get away from their learning. There's lots of ways that it manifests. Download your personalised lifestyle planning app today from the App Store and go with your Chi Flow. Chi Chart, the personalised lifestyle planning app. Did you actually hear about this and start oh, on your Grant. journey? <laughs> I feel like Grant has. Well, it's actually a really far back story again up north. So I only found out yesterday through talking with Grant about this actually that I was teaching another family, like this particular family had come up north and their son was in my class. I found out they were from Newcastle and so then. They moved back here and went to the same school as Grant's kids. They asked me to come into the classroom to help their son. And Grant, go for it. How did I get pulled in then? Well, that was the connection (laughs) with our family and you supported Annalise in that classroom environment. And effectively what Amy did was basically support us with knowing what Annalise had to do with her homework and supported Annalise in the classroom to be present. Because Annalise's ADD, which is inattentive attention disorder, Annalise would basically sit in a classroom and not be present and not hear what the teacher's telling them what to do. It was interesting when Annalise was in kindergarten and I sat there as a father when a young girl came up to her and said, hi Annalise at the beginning of the day. I thought Annalise was incredibly rude not to respond. What we found out is that Annalise has a filtering issue where she could not filter out the kid bouncing the ball, uh, another kid running past her, that it was just sensory overload. And as a result of not being able to filter out all the noise and distractions and everything around her, she literally did not hear this child standing in front of her and say, hi, Annalise. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's where my wife, Em, came in, where she basically did all the research and got a hold of this Orton-Gilliam program, which there was the connection with you by Amy supporting Annalise and then learning about the Orton-Gilliam and how that works and working with individuals and the different ways of teaching these kids who learn differently. It's not that they're not intelligent. So one Mm -hmm. of the journeys that we went on, which Annalise was smart and intelligent, and with the children's books, she would, in effect, make up the story by looking at the pictures. So she would get the words out one way or another, but it wasn't because she could read. She actually could not read, but the story came out. So it was actually hidden, and it can be hidden with all these kids that are so intelligent that yet they get told that they're failures. Mm -hmm. So through that program and then the, the working with Amy and Amy getting more passionate about that, 
now teaching our second child, Amelia, and that's an interesting story because I think she does her multiplication in a pretty strange way. (laughs) Tell us about it, Amy. I'd love to hear. Well, there's all kinds of things that you can use your fingers for with maths. (laughs) You can use your fingers in more than just the nine times tables. Do you know what? I I did that with the nine times table. So one time you put the one down as nine, two and it's 18. So that's the one that they all normally use. I mean, unfortunately, it's something that I'd have to teach you another time because there's so many of them. But there are all these ways. And I think something really important that Grant did hit on is that there is the message that our education system gives them and the message that just in general they start to believe because of what they're surrounded by. That's that they're not smart or that they can't do it or any of those things. And one of my, probably the biggest passion is that besides the fact that all people can learn, no matter what, there is still a level of learning. Our brains are designed to learn is that these kids learn differently. It's got nothing to do with a disability. It's got nothing to do with not being smart enough. It's that if they are different and we're trying to fit them into a mould, their brains are wanting to learn in a different way. They're using a different space in our brain. So the idea behind Orton-Gillingham is that the multisensory learning is that we're getting as many of the senses involved. So if you think about it, what are the chances of getting information in if you're using more channels in your brain? So the idea is that through using as many of our senses to take in all this information and utilise it in lots of different ways because some kids want to play things. Some boys want to be out, or girls, mm-hmm. want to be outside. They want to be part of nature. They want to be digging and writing in dirt and they want to be getting mucky amongst their learning, all of those things. And then there are those kids that do just like to sit and read and that's how they learn. But all of them can learn. It's about finding the way that they do it. Let our Chi guide you. Follow Chi Chart on Facebook and Instagram. So we were all subject to sitting down in a classroom yeah. and being told <laughs> how it was and getting in trouble if we didn't follow that routine. Tell us, how can we use OG in our lives and how can we apply it as adults and learn <laughs> and grow in our journeys using all of our senses? I think the the first thing to remember so my focus is usually kids so it's to understand that the kids are not trying to be naughty so if if you're a parent or a teacher or any kids in your world understand that there's going to be more at play than simply the kid not wanting to do something out of disobedience or wanting to just muck around like there's going to be more ways of presenting information to our kids and it's going to take time So I think that's the same for adults as well. Whenever we're learning something new, it takes a lot of repetition and it's understanding that even as adults, we're going to understand things in a different way. And I think the difference with adults is that we've often learnt certain things. So we've got habit upon habit upon habit of how we do things and what we think. So we bring with it layers of perspectives and years of stuff on top of it true this is an offside note but how big is it these days to listen to audiobooks and do it while you go for a run and things like that that's so different right from the old days of where we used to sit down and read a book because i remember and this is strange but i think i've got a bit of 
you know that <laughs> you're creative aren't you yeah big time yep. but <laughs> at law school reading those massive big long textbooks for me was would have been torture it was and it was so hard yeah. i can remember sometimes when i was in my 20s i'd have maybe have like one and a half glasses of red wine or do something like that <laughs> just so i could like dull myself down and to yet we can't do that with kids <laughs> <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but that's the way i got torts into my brain you know what i mean well because you had to quite calm the brain you of actually course. had to quiet yes. everything down before you could actually relax enough to absorb it yeah, completely. And I've got a boy at the moment and most of them have an energy. And if it's not an energy, it might be a slightly different thing of too much else is happening and their coping mechanism is needing to shut off, similar to Grant's daughter. But one of these boys in particular, I got him to do a piece of writing at the end of last term. And the way that I got him to do it was a tactile, which means like a hands-on. I've trying to figure out a puzzle for the writing structure where he can actually move the writing structure around and we had to move the writing structure around the playground so we'd have one point on one part of the playground and he'd just focus on that one point and then we'd get the next point and we'd put it somewhere else on the playground and he knew that because he changed places in the playground it was time to change and he'd write the next bit and it was bigger by the time we finished It took him about 40 minutes. He was engaged the whole time. But by the time he finished, this boy in year three had written at least an A4 page of writing all by himself. I didn't edit any of it. And I said to him, how do you feel? He went, that was so easy. (laughs) And it's because for him, he has energy. He He needs to be able to do stuff. And it's not it's not stuff like again I go back to it's not stuff that you can do necessarily with a whole class but there are still ways in classrooms or in learning supports or in out of school tutoring where these kids can taste success and if they aren't tasting success we're going to lose them and it's about getting them back to the point of starting to see that actually I have the intelligence I remember Grant's daughter again Annalise I was asking her to write something in year seven and she'd just look at me. I said, okay, I'll write. You tell me the answer. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to cut out with. She regurgitated pretty much the whole answer and it was perfect. And I went, so you know it? She's like, of course I know it. I just can't write it. That was just, it was so eye-opening to me. So that wasn't even the fear of failure for her. No, she's standing there and she's like, I know these answers. I just can't get it down on the page in the way that most schools want it. Let's chat Chi. Join our closed Facebook group for free engagement daily at Chi Chat. Mel, I was just going to say, I so wish Amy or somebody like Amy had been around for my number three who started school a little bit younger he was just under five when he started Mm -hmm. and I remember the teacher who had actually had my older son and then my daughter I have five children wow and I'm crazy I know that's always Um, the response you need a medal (laughs) (laughs) I think I do too too, (laughs) anyway um so little Marco who started school and had the same teacher as the older two The teacher came to me and said, I think there's something wrong with him. He's not learning properly. I think he might be not very smart. There's definitely something going on. And 
I, I was quite shocked because this little boy was, you know, very bright and I just was kind of shocked. So they weren't recognising the way that he needed to learn. He's actually a creative, all right? Was he naughty in the classroom? Well, he was very distracting. He couldn't settle. So he was obviously, they weren't involving him and, and engaging him in things that and he was interested in. And we talk about things in. like the energy. Yeah. I was the same totally. at school. And I was too because yeah, I'm, really? I'm definitely ADD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I had half the energy that I had when I was younger because now I don't. Basically, we had to have him psychologically assessed. Wow. You know, and, and the stigma. Can you imagine? Of course. Of that. Yeah. So we found out that there was nothing wrong after the assessment, which was a real relief. But I recognised that they hadn't been supporting him in the way that he could have been supported. So he actually did fall behind. And once you've fallen behind in the education system, it is actually really hard to get that confidence to sort of want to start achieving because Mm -hmm. you don't feel that you fit in. Absolutely. You know, we've talked about consciousness evolving within the planet and within people and we talk about energy and chi. It's funny, Lisa, because the way you identify every person that comes on the podcast is so different, right? And you talk about so many different aspects of their chi and their energy. How can it be with a schooling system that one size fits all could possibly ever work, right? everybody's needs. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. It cannot. And this is where our current education model is really is highly deficient, actually. So we need people like Amy. You're helping the kids. You're developing self-esteem, helping them learn in, in the various modalities, I guess, the way that they find learning available or easy for them in their own mm. unique way. How can we actually go about changing the overall education system? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I don't know about changing the whole of the education system. That's, I'm just a teacher. <laughs> there, is a, there, is, there, is a, there is a dialogue going on at the moment about how we teach kids and there is a recognition that there is a shift and there's different schools out there trying different things. Mm, and is. so I would say that there is leaders within that community. The difficulty there that I see from an outsider or as a parent looking in on the system is that when you talk about one system fits all, it can't be possible. But ironically enough, the people that are attracted to doing that system, and it was actually one of the learning support teachers that I was dealing with that said, you've got to remember these teachers come out of that system and it worked for them. So it's about their teachers and the individual teachers saying that there is another way and that there is the an, an opening their mind yeah, and to. also avoiding any type of stigma. But that's also yeah. the way Lisa mm. felt. So you felt like that there was a judgment around whether your son was a good student or whether he was naughty or not. Yeah, I do think there is a lot of change happening down in individual teachers and individual schools. I think there is change. I think all I can be responsible for is to try and make the change in my local place, which Grant and Marianne have been very accommodating and supportive and a huge part in me finding this particular way. My journey has also led me to be passionate about this stuff. Um, I do think that there is on small micro levels, there are places that are starting to change. There's uh, Victoria, there's some, I think there was something over in WA, a few on the Central Coast. So there are little movements. I, I think in terms of a big system that I, yeah, I don't know how that it's would ever probably change. Just, it's huge. It's going to be the same as basically our movement towards spirituality and towards healing of the planet and all of those things. I'd say it's going to be, you know, slow. 
Um, I was going to say yeah, gradual. Yeah, gradual. But we need people like Amy to stand up and do what you're doing Well, I was going to say that's why all I can actually look at is who is in front of me right now, who is presented to me, so the task at hand right now and look at a smaller scale because otherwise yeah. it's too overwhelming as well. Yeah. Are you a brand in the energy space? We're always open to expanding our horizons and yours. Email energy at shechart.com. Just before we wrap up, I'd like to do something fun now. Now, I know that Lisa works so much in the energy space and she talks about different types of personalities, you know, like a wood person, all that sort of thing. So if you were to classify a few different types of personalities according to Chi and how you think they would best learn, we could do <laughs> like Grad and I, for example, or people you know, what would be like some of your examples as to how you would do it? So I guess the way I'd look at it is the five different key energies, or yes. let's say, let's not describe because we'll confuse it with the energies in our Chi Chart app, or the five elemental energies intrinsic to, you know, Chinese metaphysics. Yes. So fire is characterized by joy. All right, so if you've got a, a child who's got a fire flow, the way you can excite and stimulate this child is obviously by making things fun, all right? Yes. And then yeah. if you've got a, a child who's got a wood flow, let's say. Which is me, by the way. <laughs> the, the wood flow is very much about, let's say they're more sensitive, okay? They might be highly creative, but probably a little bit more serious, okay? With the earth children or earth people, like we've, you know, we've got Grant <laughs> and we've got Mel, we find that they can be a little bit, stubborn maybe a little bit defiant so how do you how do you actually stimulate them and encourage them to be flexible well that's a tough right? one because With i learning? go to class and just go you know what I, no, i'm not learning that <laughs> that ain't working for me i get you how great is this though there needs to be more of this right well yeah. if you recognize yeah. what you know your child's energies are it yeah. does make it easier if you've got a water child they're very very sensitive and you might find like we had sean on before who's actually a water person that water energy can mean that they'll take things very very personally to heart and then the metal people you know i've actually got a metal day master they can come across as being very combative you know like they might be the one who's in trouble for you know perhaps being a little bit aggressive in the playground so if you recognize that they've all got their unique energies you can probably approach them in a very very individual way well, i was going to say yeah it's about taking each child so while you will catch majority of kids with our system it's about looking individually at a child and going okay how am i going to catch you yeah, and respecting the difference. And respecting, respecting the difference and understanding that everybody is capable of learning. And, and isn't that what makes our world so beautiful, that everyone is different, right? Imagine exactly. how boring it would be if we were all the same. And we all express ourselves differently. I think yes. that's the other thing. So with children, you one child may express something in a what appears a negative way and another one mm. may express it in a positive way but in the in in what they're doing they're trying to tell you something exactly, they just don't yeah. know how to, else to communicate it and it's understanding those differences that enables you and to, to see that kids are actually small humans kids aren't another species 
they have the emotion, they have the creativity, they have all the stuff that we actually used to when we were little. <laughs> it's just that we got older and we've learned a lot more. Oh, I like that. And yeah, so then true. you've got to remember that these are little people that need to be nurtured and respected mm-hmm. and cared for just the same way as we want them to respect us. But it's got to work two ways. And you've got to be able to then unfold that puzzle together. That's funny. My child always says to me, but mum, I'm only a kid. <laughs> You're only a kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and actually, Amy, encourage their creativity in a different way because you don't want ev- children all being carbon copies. Exactly. You don't want them all being the same. Yep. So encourage their, you know, uniqueness. Yep, absolutely. Amy, thank you so much for coming on Chi Chats by Chi Chat. If people want to find out more about OG, where do they go? On the internet. The group that I actually trained through is actually Reach Learning in Canada. So America and Canada are miles ahead in OG. So that's probably the main place I would be heading. Otherwise, contact, I guess, through the app creators and they can put you in charge of something else. DM G chart and we'll give you the details. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Like us? Give us a five-star energy rating wherever you listen. Chi Chat by Chi Chart.